Welcome to Holistic Hearts, a place to dive deeper into living holistically, a place where my mom shares thoughts on living fully, creating intentionally, and empowering others to come along with her in this journey. Welcome back to another Holistic Hearts episode, you guys. I am real thrilled. Uh, Today, we have a guest on the show. Her name is Sharon Garlow Brown. She is the author of Sensible Shoes series, and she is a spiritual director, a speaker, a co-founder for Abiding Way Ministries, and she provides spiritual formation retreats and resources. Y'all, this interview was so much fun because it was two people coming together, really sharing a similar passion for encountering Jesus and opening up doors for our whole hearts to enter into the space of letting Jesus talk to us, letting Jesus look us in the eye. And whether that's in a happy moment, a joyful moment, or a season of suffering, And Sharon just brings so much to the table in her years of being on ministry, on um, encountering Jesus in a beautiful way that now can inspire others through the art of storytelling through her books to encounter Jesus. So get your headphones, press play, get your chores out, get your laundry out. Girl, you're going to love it. Guys, you're going to love it no matter what season you're in. I mean, she shares a testimony of an 80-year-old man um, who was transformed by just opening his imagination to um, experiencing Jesus in a new way. So here we go. Share with a friend if you love it. Hey, everyone. I am so excited about today. Thank you, Sharon, for coming on the show. This is Sharon Garlow Brown with me today, and she is an author. She is a spiritual formation director. She is what I love to call an inviter of people coming to encounter Jesus. And I'm I'm so thrilled to have you on to hear about your um is it it's a novella, right? It's technically what it's called, right? The, the latest one is a novella, okay. but that's, there are five full-size novels as okay. well. Yes. Yeah. So she, as you guys know, I am passionate about encountering Jesus and she has beautifully, I, I've watched women read these series and be changed in their hearts and in their faith to encounter Jesus. She, she beautifully weaves that into the stories of all of these women that she writes about. And I'm honored to have you on the show. Thank you, Kristen. It's great to be with you and your listeners. Oh, thank you. Well, I would love for you to just share your testimony with our listeners as we've been talking about wholehearted living and wholehearted approach to our faith. And yeah, just just share. I'd love it. Yeah. Well, and we share a common passion, Kristen, for facilitating space where people can encounter yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when you use the word wholehearted, um, it's a beautiful word. And I think it's only in, you know, kind of my my later years as a Christian that I came to understand wholehearted as being wholly at rest in mm. the love of God. Wow. 
instead of my wholehearted striving and anxiety that I brought into my relationship with God early on. So let me go back in time and just say I grew up in in as a regular church goer, as a regular prayer, but I did not have a, a personal or intimate relationship with the Lord. I was awakened to faith when I was in college. And what I brought into my life with God was the unconverted, striving, fearful self who had all of the socially acceptable idols that many of us carry. Um, The idol of achievement, the idol of honor, the idol of other people's good opinions, that striving to please, defining myself by my work and attempts at excellence. So I was able to see fairly quickly after coming to Christ that my secular pursuits of excellence and perfectionism needed to die, and that there were ways for me to practice letting those die. What I didn't see was that I baptized those impulses and called them good for God, as in, now I had to be a high-achieving Christian. Now I had to be perfect in my faith. Now I was comparing and measuring myself against other people who knew the Word of God better or seemed to be serving more faithfully. So I kicked it into the highest of gears, living in fear that if I was not faithful enough, I would disappoint the Almighty. And I lived in fear of that. So it really, um, I was a striver Mm -hmm. and I lived with that kind of anxiety. So a very significant, as you're talking about encounters, a very significant and formative encounter for me happened when I was about 21. So I had been wearing myself out for Jesus for a few years by then. Mm -hmm. And I saw an image as I prayed one day of myself racing in and out of the throne room of God to deliver flowers to Jesus because I wanted to make him happy. And I would watch myself. I was a little girl. And so racing in, dropping off the flowers, racing out to get more. And then on one rushing delivery, as I prayed, what I saw was the Lord reach out his hand and draw me into his lap and say, Sharon, thank you for the flowers, honey. They are beautiful. Mm. But what I'd really love is just to have some time to hold you for a while. Oh, Right. So beautiful image. And where I sit today, I can say, wow, that was an extravagant gift from the heart of God to me. Mm-hmm. But it landed in my striving self as this. Well, now on top of everything I'm trying to do for Jesus, um, if I don't spend more time with him, he's going to be really disappointed. So how do I fit that in? Right. And so um, it just became this other bar to meet. And that's where I was at 21. Went into pastoral ministry, took all of those striving impulses into the the body of Christ, and the body of Christ routinely congratulates people who are busy and wearing themselves out for Jesus. And so it just reinforced that restless striving. Yeah. So it wasn't until um, I was in my mid-30s and we moved to Grand Rapids, and it was the first time in many years that I had not been on pastoral staff serving, Mm. and I realized I didn't know who I was. When I didn't have a title, when I didn't have an office, when people didn't need me, when I wasn't getting emergency phone calls for pastoral care or hospital visits, I didn't know who I was. And as I was walking back to our apartment one day after dropping our only son off at the bus stop to go to school, I couldn't even hide behind the excuse of having young kids at home and that that was why I wasn't serving. I remember saying to the Lord, I don't know who I am Mm. when I'm not serving. And I heard him say, now you see. Your personal and professional identities 
are so enmeshed. You have so defined yourself by what you do for me. Mm. I want to show you what it means to be at rest Mm. in my love. And that, Kristen, launched a journey of being converted out of lip service to the love of God, out of lip service to the grace of God, to truly being at rest in who he says I am as his beloved. Wow. That's beautiful. And I so relate. And for some, maybe you don't know my story, but it's very similar. I grew up in the church um, about middle school on and write about motherhood. Um, I, I did have four kids at home and it just, there was so much that piled on and it was so overwhelming that I I came to that place where I was like, I'm doing all the right things. I'm checking the boxes. I'm serving on the ministry team. I'm in a Bible study, but nothing is like hitting here in my heart. Yes. And, and I just remember crying out and asking like, God, there's got to be more to you. Mm. And, and almost the same scenario of him, you know, gently being like, I see you. I see mm-hmm. you in the middle of the night when you're praying for your kid and you're crying and, and there's nothing yeah. you can do. I hold all of those tears. And yes. that broke down so many of those achievement walls of like, wow, you really are personal to me. So I love that. Yeah. And I really, I really resonate. And I know so many people do of that achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when would you say, cause I know you mentioned that encounter of when you were um, younger, mm-hmm. what was another pivotal moment for you now that you knew that it was now a season of, okay, I have to rest. I'm called to rest, to be in his yes. presence. Yeah. Um, did you have an encounter in that experience? I did. One that comes to mind, and this was actually a couple years in uh, with me practicing saying yes to being at rest in the love of God. So, um, and he, you know, I had a, an open-ended sabbatical, if you will. I didn't know if he would ever return me to pastoral ministry. It ended up being three years. So there was a lot of learning that happened in those three years. But I do remember at one point seeing a notification, and I had just started um, pastoring again, and I saw a, an advertisement for a retreat. And I thought, oh, that looks good. I'll go mm-hmm. and learn some stuff that I can share with other people. Mm-hmm. Huh, fabulous idea. <laughs> so I was driving in the car and I'd gotten a quarter mile from my house and I heard the Lord saying, why are you going? And I said, to learn. And he said, wrong answer. Mm-hmm. If you are not going to encounter me and to experience the fullness of my love for you, turn the car around and go home. Wow. This is not for you to share with other people. This is for you, Sharon. And I saw the little girl running in and out of the throne of God again, except this time she was an adult. Mm -hmm. And this time she wasn't delivering the flowers to Jesus. She was rushing in to grab the flowers from Jesus to deliver to everybody who needed them. God's faithful, reliable delivery girl. And on one rushing delivery, I watched as the Lord took my hand and looked into my eyes and said, Sharon, the flowers are for you. Oh, Oh, that oh. found a landing place. I was weeping by the time I got sure. to the retreat center. Oh. But yes, yes, the flowers are for us. And then out of the abundance of what we receive mm-hmm. from the heart of God to us, 
then we are enlarged to love him and others wholeheartedly. But it doesn't come out of the scarcity and the barrenness and the emptiness of being burned out. It comes from that reservoir that is being continually filled Mm. by these streams of living water. And then out of the abundance of what we have received, we can offer to others and invite others to drink. Wow. Absolutely. That's such a, um, I feel like most Christian leaders, I I mean, I could be wrong, but have to walk through that season of no, 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 this is for you. Like, yes, it has to start with you. Otherwise the burnout happens, the resentment happens or uh, bitterness, or, you know, you just are done (laughs) serving. Um, yeah. Well, and we start with our response, don't we, Kristen? And we think that's the holy thing to do. What we need to start with is with our receptivity. Yes. So, Lord, I with open hands, I receive what you want to pour out. And then, yeah. so teach me to receive, teach me to rest in your presence and your love, and then I can respond out of that fullness. Oh, that's we such love a good because reminder. He first loved us. Yes, absolutely. That's so funny. My word this year, one I have two words. It's breakthrough and receive. And not mm. receive breakthrough, but it's breakthrough, receive. Yeah. And the receive has really gotten me um in my times to be so um less agenda oriented. Yeah. And to be more, okay, I'm gonna sit here and I have faith that you were you are going to meet me in this place. Um, and maybe not, you know, I'm going to lay down the Bible study and, or I'm going to lay down the, I'm going to try to have an encounter (laughs) so that I can share it with somebody else. And it's, and he has called me into that place of receiving. Mm -hmm. And I know so many people can relate to that experience of, of he just longs to meet with us. And yes, share his love and to, for us to openly receive it. Yes. Um, Yeah. That's powerful. Which then in turn enlarges our capacity to be wholehearted, Mm -hmm. right? There's nothing in ourselves that can, we can't make ourselves wholehearted. Our wholeheartedness can only be rooted as a response to the love of God, his wholehearted embrace of us. Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Well, okay. So now you have started to rest in him and receive. How did you start writing? What was that transition like for you as you were receiving and, and um, exploring that relationship with him into writing novels about encountering him? Yeah, it was um, after he returned me to pastoral ministry, my husband and I, um, we had met and married in seminary and had, had served many churches together. So we had the opportunity to serve um, again together to co-pastor a congregation. And this was a couple years into my um, more radical conversion into the grace and love of God. Okay. And so I invited women from the congregation to join me on a Monday morning for what I called a spiritual formation group, where we would practice some of the ancient historical Christian disciplines of prayer and meditating on God's word, different ways to practice being with God. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, join me on a Monday morning. We're going to meet weekly and we'll meet for two and a half hours. So it was a big commitment. Yeah. 12 women said yes. And they came with a common longing for a safe place where we could be authentic before God and before one another. 
And that meant making a commitment to one another that by the grace of God, we would be trustworthy stewards of each other's stories. Okay. Um, and that meant not gossiping. That meant not taking information out of the group. Mm. That meant receiving whatever was said with compassion and with grace. Okay. And because we had that starting place, the life transformation in that group of women was more extraordinary than anything I had seen in years of ministry. And I had met, led many different kinds of groups. So we would practice these ways of prayer, being with God together, and he would meet us. So whether it was practicing um, meditating slowly on scripture whether it was a prayerful review of our days, the prayer of examine, which comes out of the 16th century, whether it was confession of sin Mm -hmm. um, as a spiritual practice where women felt free to name regret, shame, guilt, sin that had never been spoken out loud before. And all that toxicity had been, you know, contained, but leaking. Yeah. The freedom that came from that, the freedom that came from the spiritual practice of lament, where women felt free to name sorrows that they didn't know they were allowed to grieve because they had compared and measured their suffering against other people and had called their own lacking, right? I'm not, I don't have it nearly as bad as so-and-so, therefore I can't be sad. So that spiritual practice of lament. And within a couple of months, I sensed the Lord saying, tell the story, tell the story of transformation in community by the power of the Holy Spirit around these practices of prayer and engagement with God. And it, you know, none of the characters are based on real people, but they struggle with things that I struggle with Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I've named some of them already, the perfectionism, the fear, the striving, Mm -hmm. um, the regret, shame, um, the things that we carry that we try to keep hidden for fear of rejection, all these things. And that's how it emerged. So it is, they are kind of the Sensible Shoes series in particular is a mashup of fictional story where women meet at a retreat center to learn spiritual disciplines, which I define as these are ways to practice receiving the love of God, resting in the love of God, and then responding to the love of God. They learn these. And then the nonfiction element of the story is that readers, you get a handout from the retreat. What is the prayer practice? How do we do it? Mm -hmm. And you can read it either purely as fiction, as a novel, or you can also say yes to the journey of retreat with the characters by practicing these ways of prayer. Wow. Wow. So that's, so, so you have the retreats as well as the books, right? Right. How does that work? Yeah, so the retreats are available in in the books, and so there are study guides that go to, with each of the books, so okay. that groups can say yes to that experience of retreat okay. together. Okay. We also have a retreat guide launching in April that'll okay. help leaders lead retreats based on sensible shoes. Ooh. And then I am a retreat facilitator, so nowadays I'm doing things online, um, getting ready to to launch some things um, here in the, in the next week or two. Um, but typically, you know, pre-COVID was traveling extensively internationally to lead events that are designed to facilitate space where we can be with God, where we can encounter God. Yeah. Wow. And that's so powerful. And so, um, what I've, I've found in, in my own leading an encounter, which is, is probably a little bit different than how you do it, but in both scenarios, do you find that, the areas that we might be closed off um, to talking about 
would be gently open um, to experience Jesus in a way where he tenderly comes into sensitive areas that you're like, nope, let's not talk about that. (laughs) I don't want to talk about that. But yet through an encounter, he can come in gently. So can you think of a time, um, a scenario either in your own life or with someone where you have watched that kind of play out sweetly? Mm. Well, I think with regard to the books, at least, um, we read fiction differently than we read nonfiction. Mm -hmm. And Jesus knows this. He's a storyteller. When he wants to tell us about the kingdom of God, he invites us to engage our imagination with him. So what I hear most frequently from people is that they thought they were reading about four women and their stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the mirror turns around and they begin to see, oh no, this is where I'm stuck. This is where I'm hiding. Mm -hmm. This is where I need, as and I love how you put it, Kristen, the tender touch Mm -hmm. of Jesus in this wounded place. And I think even the sense of feeling named and known through these fictional characters and receiving God's tender compassion to the fictional characters, but then by extension, oh, that's how he sees me, has opened people to healing in ways that only God can get the glory. Some of the the reader testimonies have just been, it's so purely God meeting people in their areas of deepest needs. One of my, one of my favorites was um, an elderly man. He was in his eighties and he had read Sensible Shoes and emailed me to say that his heart had been touched by um, the description of what a relationship with Jesus could be like. And he wondered if it was too late for someone like him to have that kind of intimacy with the Lord. Oh, right? man. So it's just beautiful wow. how the spirit works. That yeah. is amazing. Oh, that gave me shivers. Mm. Um, wow. Well, let's, I would love to hear now, like in your, in your moments right now with him, how has he come for you in that wholehearted approach? Um, is there, is there, specific ways that he's he's coming after your heart in this season? Mm. You know, when I look back and I think of all the opportunities that have come during this COVID season, it's been a, a wilderness season for sure. Um, the, the very reality that all of us on a global scale have been impacted and we're all experiencing losses, whatever those losses are. I think in some ways um, the Lord prepared me in advance for this season because of um, the sorrow that he's led me through in the past, um, because mm-hmm. he taught me how to lament, how to grieve with him, how to receive his his comfort in those, those tender places. So um, I can't say that my experience of encountering him today um, is any more or less than you know, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, it's all about, I think particularly in the season of Lent, of course, our, my attention goes to journeying with Jesus to the, to the cross and what it means that we have a God with us, for us Mm -hmm. as believers within us who did not withhold himself from any suffering but entered into the fullness of all of it. And this is who he is, our suffering God, who companions us in all of our losses, in all of our trials, mm. um, and enlarges us in the in the suffering. So th- I think that's been kind of my my ongoing 
um, walk with him is being free to name to God where it hurts and why and receiving um, his comfort in those tender places. Wow. That's powerful. I love how you said enlarging us in our sufferings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit more on that? Like what does that look like? Yeah. I love how Paul puts it, you know, in second Corinthians chapter one, he talks very candidly about despairing, even to the point of despairing of life Mm -hmm. and that they, he was just pressed beyond what he could bear. And then he talks about how the comfort that he received from God, he's now able to offer to others. And I think that is part of the stewardship of our suffering, Mm -hmm. that as we experience the comfort of God, as he enlarges our capacity to receive his love in the midst of our sorrow and our suffering, we are stretched and formed and enlarged with that comfort to be able to offer that comfort and compassion to others. I think that's one of the beautiful fruits of our suffering. It's not inevitable. We have to be mindful um, because suffering can also shrivel us and shrink us and make us bitter and self-pitying. But to say yes to the presence of God in the midst of suffering, to say yes to the God who suffers with us in the midst of suffering is to say yes to being stretched and enlarged with deeper compassion and comfort so that we can respond with that, with what we've received, Mm -hmm. respond to a suffering world. Yes. Wow. I I instantly have a picture. I have a sweet friend who loves to be with in the midst of suffering. She's like, sometimes I think there's something wrong with me that I'm like, yes, tell me all of the things that you're struggling with. But it really is such a beautiful picture of Jesus coming alongside. And that's where he really sits in those, those delicate grievances and hard places that are sometimes unable to even process Yes. And um, yes, that's so beautiful. Well, I love, love that. Where I, I know we're, we're ending our show here, but I know that there's going to be people that are going to want to find out more um, where they can find you. And as always, you can find all of Sharon's books on Amazon or, or wherever books are sold. Um, I'm super excited. I kind of want to start a book club (laughs) and do this together because I know it's powerful. I've watched my sister-in-law and just her friends that have all gone through it bloom and blossom. So um, yeah, where, where can people find you? Yeah, two different places. So my personal website is SharonGarlowBrown.com. You'll find information there about my retreat schedule, as I said, mostly online right now. And then two different series of books, the Sensible Shoes books and the Shades of Light okay. books, which specifically address spiritual formation and mental illness. How is the God yeah. with us as we are being shaped and formed um, in that kind of affliction? So if he does not remove the cup of suffering from us, how does he keep us company while we drink? That's my latest series. Wow. And then um, we also have a ministry, Abiding Way. So our website is abidingway.life, L-I-F-E. Okay. And if you're interested in um, some spiritual formation resources, blog posts, my husband and I kind of team that together. And then daily, we provide um, audio scripture readings for the practice of meditating on scripture. And so you can download direct from our website for free or on any podcast uh, forum as well. Oh, fantastic to have that at your fingertips. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, well, guys, there's another resource of just getting scripture and meditation and uh, in your life every day through through your headphones. All it takes is just popping in or pressing play and listening. So, oh, that's so great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show again. And I just appreciate what you're doing and cheer you on. And you are a gift. You are, you are changing lives. I've seen it in front of my eyes and just opening that door for people to experience God's love. So thank you. Amen to that. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks for listening to Holistic Hearts. As always, leave a review and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you'd like to find out more about my mom and all the things she is writing about, go to www.kristenfieldschadwick.com.